Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so that you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, countless exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that thrives on you not really getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love, play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give you a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get the top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts that have been on the show, and you will see what simple health can be. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 49. In today's episode, I interview personal trainer and holistic lifestyle coach, Ross Ethorn. Be sure to stick around for the end to hear our talk about permaculture, discussions on Da Vinci, as well as Ross's amazing apps that he has been developing, and I have been using recently. I also want to apologize about the audio. Ross and I did our best, but the signal was not the greatest from Pennsylvania to Hong Kong. Either way, there are still plenty of good nuggets that you'll be able to pick up. Alrighty guys, another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast today, and on the line I have Ross Ethorn. Now, Ross, first question that I ask everybody here is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. I've always been a sports person, background in gymnastics in New Zealand, won a world title in Mr. Fitness in 2000, got a little bit addicted to competition and training. So I got chronic fatigue, adrenal burnout, and I was already studying Paul Check by then, but he's just launching his holistic lifestyle coach. And um, in 2002, I was consulting for someone who had lots of stress trying to lose weight. And I was doing the research. I realized ticking all the boxes for myself of stress. So since then, I've been uh, just getting healthier. Now, what have been some of those steps along the way that you've really had to make? Like, what were some of the pivotal shifts that you made uh, really since then to get your health back on track? Uh, well, that's quite easy. Um, eating real food. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as a personal trainer uh, back, in, back in 2000, you know, you, you're doing... Uh, 25 to 35 appointments, working at multiple venues, you've got early morning clients and you've got small gaps between your clients. So dare I say it, uh, Subway breakfasts were mm-hmm. you know, cheap and convenient right underneath the gym. Um, and oh, I hate to say this, but I'm going to, <laughs> you know, some McDonald's breakfasts. Now, I haven't had McDonald's since 2003, haven't mm-hmm. said that. But uh, definitely having real food and not, you know, protein bars and uh, probably just not trying to, you know, when you're an athlete, you're trying to win. Absolutely. 
you're doing everything you can to win, and when you don't win, you're, you're doing everything more. Yeah. So, so you train harder, which is just a natural way of things. But of course, it's not the best way. You got to, you know, of course, you train smarter, and I'm, but if you don't get your don't get your goals, you, you want to try harder, right? Absolutely. So you, you don't rest. So if you're not eating good food and you're not resting, some, something's going to give, and it's your health. And like, now, uh, what what has your training even uh, changed to now? Like, are you, are you competing in anything, or what does your training schedule look like, and how does that differ from before for yourself? Oh, uh, well, last year I had a year off. I didn't really train much. I'm gonna, I mean, I for the first quarter of the year I was doing uh, powerlifting training. So I was following the West Side uh, system, mm-hmm. West Side barbell system, the conjugate system, six days a week. So there's no cardiovascular training in there. And I did the I did a CrossFit Open, the third what the third one for me. Now I don't do CrossFit, but I trained for CrossFit because at the time it appealed to me. Okay. Because uh, it's kind of like gymnastics a little bit now, but now it's got a bit specialised. If if you ask me, it's elitist and specialised. It's not. It's not <laughs> community driven and um please share a little bit what you mean by Um, that well okay so crossfit uh let's say three years ago hong kong there's one crossfit box now there's like seven okay and i was looking for different challenges Mm -hmm. uh, in training and for me crossfit was like gymnastics okay so in gymnastics there's six apparatus and you've got to learn 10 skills per apparatus you can compete it but what you do is you over over your lifespan of your gymnastics, you build a routine over ten years. So for the ten elements, there might be a hundred elements that you've had to learn or progressions you've had to learn to put that routine together. Right. Except you go to a CrossFit competition, you arrive at eight o'clock in the morning, and up on the board on the whiteboard there is what you're going to do. So for someone who's done twenty three years of personal training and training, that was like appealing because it's like wow, how novel. <laughs> means I'm not going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. like this is completely different. But now the, you know, you what, the, what they're doing in the CrossFit competitions is so, it's just so hard <laughs> for a start to maintain a, a job and uh, right. also train. But the, but some of the 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 wads, uh, are, you know, are kind of crazy. And I, I like the crazy bit of it, but. Um, crazy dangerous or just like really you know you do grace twice <laughs> grace once enough is is you know hard enough just uh, share everybody uh in case they don't know what grace is okay uh, grace is a um it's a clean and jerk 30 times in the fastest times possible with for a male at 60 kilos uh which for me is you know it's uh well it's not a one rep max but it's like a probably an eight rep max, and you've got to do it 30 mm-hmm. times. And then in the CrossFit Games, at the elite level, now this is the elite level, and those athletes are amazing. Yes. They do that twice. So 60 clean and jerks with 60 kilos. And it's, uh, they, probably know, and they, even do, they probably even do it with heavier weights even too. Well, they, they probably do. They're, they're, they're outstanding yeah. as athletes. You take your head off to them. But, you know, I'm in the, I'm 47. I'm in the Masters category. Okay. Uh, so you, you sort of think, oh, God, I can't keep up with the, with the younger younger boys anymore. Anyway, so I, I just think, you know, it's certainly it's a specialised sport now. So they've got two streams. They've got the sport and then they've got the the community, hopefully the community aspect of fitness mm-hmm. where just any person just go along three times a week and 
and have a lot of variety in their training, which I think is absolutely fantastic if they're just doing general fitness. And there's a lot of people out there that don't have any specific fitness goals apart from just to, you know, lose weight, stay in shape, play with the kids. You right, know, just be able to move, do what they want to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the sort of CrossFit as it was, you know, in 2000 probably, and and, 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 I, and we were 16 years in, so up to whatever date, I can't tell you what date, is mm-hmm. perfect for that because it provides a lot of variety in people's training, keeps them motivated, keeps them interested, you know, instead of tricep pushdowns and lat pulldowns and leg right. press and ab crunch, <laughs> you know, which is... Uh, which is what I started off writing gym programs in 1993, got bored of it in 96, and 96 I found the Paul Check stuff, functional fitness and how cavemen moves, and, and I haven't looked back. Nice. So what, if anything, are you training for right now? Oh, yes, I didn't answer that. Um, well, I, I'm developing my own system that is kind of a little bit of CrossFit, it's a little bit of Paul Check, or it's a hell of a lot more of Paul Check. <laughs> It's a little bit of traditional Chinese medicine, Qigong, five elements. That's a little bit yoga. And what I've done is I've sort of, we've got our, uh, what Paul calls the primal movement patterns. Yeah. Different movement organizations call them something else, but it's squat, lunge, bend, push, pull, twist. And then a little bit complicated, but I'll simplify it. But each day I'm doing one of those movements as a theme. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, so they're not on machines, but on different modalities. So I'll do kettlebells, I'll do barbells, I'll do dumbbells, I'll do TRX suspension training, TRX rip training, um, body weight, and um, you know I'll do some at my home, do some at a gym. But what I'm doing is I'm mixing it up. So with those five days, I'll do uh, on on the sixth day. Well, I'm playing rugby, so I'm playing, and then seventh day, well, the day after a rugby, I've got a, I've got two. Um, got to recover right but the training is it's not necessarily random there's a sort of there is a theme but it's not like oh you must do it this way it's a little bit uh, i guess a little bit kind of along the idea of the primal blueprint print where it's not what i would call anal it's a little bit you know go easy on yourself a little bit but yeah still work towards getting some skill done some things done a little bit of heart rate stuff and and i'm also running a lot so what i'm aiming to do is every quarter or or even every season now we're in a cold season in hong kong now as i'm a train a different sport now i train hong kong's only professional boxer i've been training him since may we've had Mm -hmm. two fights and now in a sort of a light sort of general movement training but i've with his trainer i've this is going to sort of sort of hold on hold on one second uh lost you there for a second towards boxing mechanics which is basically pivoting, uh, pivoting, you know, twisting, all those things in there. And I take the idea of the West side consciousness in, in that theme. So rather than training all those movement patterns, I'll train one, maybe two. And uh, that seems to be keeping me very interested at the moment. Right, of course, that one all second, fits, please. And I'm running. I said I was running. That all fits towards doing obstacle training, which I have a, an idea to do a Spartan-type event. The only problem is to do Spartan is I've got to travel somewhere, so Korea or Singapore or, or Malaysia, so they're basically five-hour flights to do that. Um, we don't have any of these in Hong Kong. We have tons of running races, trail running races. So I'm sort of training. You know, I'm playing rugby. I'm doing some boxing training. I'm doing a lot of training. I'm training, trying to do something six days a week, trying to run three to four days a week. 
and I'm doing you know weight training, which I include uh, two or three stretches in there, some posture exercise at the end of the day. A strength starts with uh, so a dynamic warm up. I'll do a couple of stretches for the theme. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do some strength training, so up to you know one to three, one to six RM, and then I'll do a little metcon of three to five exercises. It might take six minutes, might take fifteen minutes, and then I'll do a posture exercise and a balance exercise, and and that's me. That's sort of what I'm doing at the moment, which I'm enjoying a lot. Excellent. Now you talked about uh, the warm up, and I know you came out with uh, an app recently, uh, Vitruvian Chi, I believe it is, right? That's it. Yep. And I, I, I checked this out. Uh, Lee, everybody, I definitely think you should go check it out. I'll make sure show notes uh, have this here. But it's a n- very nice, like, just, I get, if, you, if you want to even share, like, what was the, the premise behind this? Uh, what is it really for? Who is it for? Uh, it's, that's your thing. I'll, I'll let you run with that. All right. Well, the chewy and cheek, I can't even say it. I've said it so many times. <laughs> it's, it's designed according to the architecture of the body. Now, that's the Vitruvian man, Leonardo da Vinci. Right. Right. So, in, so it's the Western aspect. And then Qi is the traditional Chinese medicine life force uh, Qi, your, your life force, your energy. Mm-hmm. Now, so we've got Western and we've got Eastern. And it's a blending of that. I live in Hong Kong, lived here for 13 years. Of course, I'm going to study uh, Qigong and traditional Chinese medicine and have a sort of an idea of what right. that means. And of course, I've studied uh, exercise science and at Polytechnic at university, and I've studied uh, all the Czech practitioner level four, all the nuts and bolts biomechanics stuff. And so I wanted to put them together. Now, even before all that, in 19 probably 82, I started my gymnastics career, and we did these dynamic warm-ups then, mm-hmm. which was just called a warm-up. There's nothing flash and fancy <laughs> like dynamic in front of it. And <laughs> and essentially, it was a head-to-toe warm-up. Now, so from 1982, before probably lots of your listeners are even alive, um, <laughs> we come up to, uh, you know, anatomy trains, Thomas Myers anatomy trains. Right. The uh, fascial lines are becoming very fashionable in the fitness industry. And if you have a look at that, if you have studied uh, Thomas Myers, I've had a look at quite a good look at Thomas Myers. You see that they've got Chinese meridians uh, very, very parallel to these fascial lines. Right. And, um, and then they also have alignment to yoga poses or like full yoga asanas. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is go blended both of those into movement from head to toe and I borrowed some of Paul Check's zone exercises from his mm-hmm. Eat, Move and Be Healthy book and I've put them together in a system and it's, you know, it's evolved from the golf, uh, training golfers, which I did when I first moved to Hong Kong in 2002, who they don't like to lie down on the grass. You've got to do a standing up warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, I've also been training dragon boaters here in Hong Kong or even in New Zealand. And never, you know, it's always crowded on the beach and there's no place to move. So you've got to do a warm-up standing up. So it's a standing up warm-up. doesn't take too much space. So it's, it's evolved through there. It's moving all your, your meridians. It's using, moving all your muscles, all your joints in every single direction. Three planes of motion, all these functional fitness um, qualifications, etc right and right. it can be done 
you know, you can do one of the movements or you can do 18 movements and we've got, so it can take 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And then we have a, um, uh, in that purchase where we do a bit of a workout and we put the five, we use five, uh, animal, uh, animal patterns mm-hmm. from infant developmental patterns that, uh, that Paul Tech's been teaching. So it's got masses of influences and it's, you can do it at breathing pace to cultivate your chi or distribute the chi. And, and, you know, that could be for someone who's uh, older than 47 and you can do a little bit faster for someone's younger than 47. And Ross, so either way, everybody. no, and, and, and great. I, I've tried it the last few days, uh, either like before, uh, if I'm going to just do my stretching, my corrective stretching, uh, before any of my training sessions. And I actually really like it. Uh, I like it how you said though it's it it moves everything in every plane and I think that's what people need everything is that still that straight linear warm up uh, a lot of times uh, whether it be dynamic whether it be like what you said whatever it may be but having all of those different patterns is just very nice for movement prep uh, and afterwards I feel like okay everything's kind of flowing much better especially for me like my shoulders my spine my hips like that's those are my, some of my problem areas that I really I always have to be conscious of and. It does a nice job to just free everything up and uh, feel like I'm ready to go, ready to train then too. Yeah, uh, it, it absolutely does. It and, and flow and fluidity, these are the things that, that we want. So it gets people to move. And what I, what I, you know, I've been doing it for a long time now. And of course the app's been out for, oh gosh, it was not even a year, but uh, you know, you, you film it and you put it all together, et cetera, and refine it. But I use it and I teach it to 90% of my clients mm-hmm. and 90% of my clients now walk in and I say warm up and they can, you know, they can do it. I don't have to do it with them every single time, but you know, sometimes I do. Right. And it's a diagnostic for me as well. So instead of doing a 90-minute pull check assessment, measuring you know the spinal mm-hmm. angles and spinal range, comparative range of motion assessments, I can watch people do this warm-up, and you can see, oh, well, geez, they can't circle around very well. What's in the way? All right, well, let's go. Let's stop that there, and let's do a chest or okay. Is it the same? Worse? If it's better, they will move on. You know, and we'll just put that stretch. So in terms of, uh, let's say, if I had a group of people group fitness is becoming sort of popular what has becoming popular over the last five years Mm -hmm. you you can you can do that and you can sort of use yeah use as a diagnostics who who have i gotten who i got in front of me how well do they move or just uh you know a client been training for eight years and how well do they move as as you go through it so uh, that's that's another project uh you know a goniometer and and a a massage table etc very nice. I I I didn't yes, think of it from that standpoint. Movement. I'm sorry. Just based on movement. Yeah. You know, we don't have to get too too pedantic with ranges of motion. But having said that, if someone's injured, I really think people should have you know like a back injury. I think they should have you know a precise a precise measurement a precise assessment. But if it's just general fitness, which the people who want to do exercise. This, this is fine. It's a warm-up. It's a diagnostic. And uh, further into the app and, and apps that are coming up, there'll be more information to what to do with it, stretching, uh, mobility, posture exercises, etc. Excellent. I have to keep an eye out for that then. Now, yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's cool. Russ, I also saw you have uh, a couple books out there. Uh, I believe like ABCs of Fat Loss, Calm Your Mind, The Yoga Vinci Code, like a couple different ones. Yep. Any of these you want to share about or any of these where you're just like absolute favorite when you're writing it 
Oh, well, the, I've, got, I've got one book out that's How to Calm Your Mind, which is kind of a collection of all the sh- skills and strategies I've learnt as an elite athlete mm-hmm. uh, over the years. And, um, and then also my study into wellness and, and mindfulness. Okay. But that, that, that book was, um, I, I got asked to go to my, my uh, eight-year-old's class at school and, and do something on how to, how, to be, how to be calm at school. Okay. So it was, I called it How to Calm Your Mind. I did it and, uh, you know, the kids responded well, which is sometimes, you know, <laughs> that's a bit hit and miss sometimes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, the teachers gave good feedback and I thought, oh, gosh, you know what? I've been writing this book for six years, The Bottom Line of Fat Loss. Okay. And it's, it's a massive book and, and the process of writing a book is just, well, that's something else altogether. But I thought, you know what, this is just a chapter of that book. I'm going to split it off for the book from that from bottom line of fat loss book and just and create a, uh, you know, a first book. Because I was getting a bit, I was, I was becoming a monkey on my back and I wanted to get something published. So I thought, oh, well, this will be my trial book. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Your mind. And the, the ABC of fat loss, um, that's, that's I've, I've, you know, I have so many ideas how to, you know, you go back and forward over six years. Um, and the Yoga Vinci Code, there were parts in each of the book. The Yoga Vinci Code's about restoration okay. of, of movement. It's kind of what I'm talking about with the mobility, what's, what's the next step of the mobility. And it's also blending how to calm your mind. So it's got the, the Eastern, I'm going to just call it wisdom rather than philosophy, how they deal with emotions, way better than us Western people who sort of tend to times suppress them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that blends them with the yoga poses and also qigong poses to to restore the the body and mind through exercise and intention so you would sit you do a yoga pose or you just do a a stretch session let's just say you're going to do a stretch session on everything you can think about to stretch for the squat but in in your mind you're going to have um kindness because kindness is the positive emotion for according to the um, traditional chinese medicine for the liver now, the, the opposite of that, so it's anger and kindness, positive and negative emotions for the liver. Mm-hmm. And I've just attributed um, through way, way more convoluted than I want to explain here. This, the squat pattern goes with the tiger, which goes with the liver. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like Kung Fu Panda. Each <laughs> Qigong school, of which there are many, <laughs> it's totally like Kung Fu Panda, has a different animal to attribute to different uh, meridian lines or different elements. Right. Of the five elements that the Chinese use, and um, there's no one school. No, there's no one animals that belongs to each of the element. So you can virtually choose any animal you want, <laughs> um, but it doesn't really matter. At the end, it, the matter is your intention. If you have intention to a squat stretch session with kindness in your in your thoughts, then kindness should permeate through you through like vibrations, which is the Western way. Um, of thinking, or even if you've read Dr. Masuomoto's um, or the late Dr. Emoto, so Hidden Messages in Water, he talks about vibrations and talking right. to water, freezing water, and then you've, you've heard of them? Yes. That. So it's the same sort of thing. And with all the modern science going on now, they all collaborate each other. So this neuroscience that's that's been coming out for the last few years, to me, it's old science. They're just proving what the yogis and the Qigong masters have known for centuries. Right. Science, like modern day science is just catching up to it all. Yeah, they're proving what people have known for a while. So that's why this neuroscience, I call it old science, but 
I'm sure people will have problems with me saying that, but you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> Um, so I think this the favourite book that I'm that I'm uh, the writing, and it's just we're just editing it now. I'm getting some people to help me edit it, and then I'm um, is the Yoga Vinci Code, and that's okay. the it's more written for a, like a sort of a trainer's point of view. Um, that's the sort of feedback I've given out to my sort of people to uh, the beta testers, mm-hmm. they, and they think I need to dumb it down for people who are not versed in what a chakra is or what a meridian line is or what a fascial line is. Mm-hmm. Well, they do explain it, but not, not massively in depth. There's a hundred other books to do that, but right. I'm basically combining yoga and chi with um, the, the Vitruvian man, Western man. So it's Western and Eastern thinking and movement philosophy all combined into hopefully a, a simple system of uh, restoration, stretching and posture exercises so what you would call um, sort of uh, ground-based exercises, level level one exercises mm-hmm. if you're sort of following the Paul Check level system, or if you do Pilates, there'd be mat exercises, um, and all just using body weight, no equipment because equipment becomes a barrier. Right. And really, I want to encourage people just to move. I like it. So that's that's really exciting, the Great. Yoga Vinci Code, and hopefully that'll be out in a couple of months. And I and I hope to to turn that into some know live courses okay for people but uh, they'll basically start off with you know mobilizing through body weight and stretching not using any tools like rubber bands or foam rollers or anything like that of course people can people can do them but you've got to you've got to buy a 200 us set of equipment or, or maybe not maybe you just need a lacoste ball just keep it simple then yeah uh, depends on on what flavor you're you're coming from very nice now, you've mentioned so, Da Vinci, I feel like, a few times here, like the Yoga Vinci Code, the Vitruvian Chi, like, these are all kind of leading back to them. Is this, is is uh, Leonardo Da Vinci somebody that you studied, somebody that you kind of uh, really look up to or like to uh, study a lot of his work then? Well, no, it's just, uh, you, know, you know, I like the Vitruvian man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, it's a, more or less a symbol of how man moves and this different ranges of motion uh and and if you look i mean you just have to google it and and you see that it's the it's you know it's very complicated but um you know the rule of thirds come from vitruvian man was where you you look at the the face structure the balance of the face the distance from the from the chin to the bottom of the nose from the bottom of the nose to the just between the eyes and from that point there to the to the hairline is called a rule of thirds and if they were all balanced that is what society, Western society at least, has uh, the, the perception of that as beautiful. Right. Now, if, if you look at uh, the Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa, ha- and, and it's about rule of pr- proportion for artists as well. So the Mona Lisa has this rule of thirds, and then you can go a little bit further into it with a little bit more esoteric knowledge, but the golden spiral is also going through the Mona Lisa and probably a lot more of Leonardo da Vinci's work. So I haven't studied him extensively. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to have that Vitruvian man to what you see many, many places, many companies as symbols, as a, as a logo, certainly in the movement world. Um, and I just thought, well, that represents how, how Western way of thinking about movement is. And then by putting yoga into it and chi into it, you're, you're the, the Eastern wisdom and movement systems that are 3,500 years old into there. And 
by doing that, its movement is not just in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. movement is not just in New York City or in, or in Encinitas or in Vista, California. It's also in London, it's also in Shanghai, it's also in Bangalore, India, it's also in Kuala Lumpur, it's also in Bangkok, it's also in Jakarta, it's also in Bali, it's also in Manila, it's also in Taiwan. And a lot of these Asian places, they're all places I've been to in the last 10 years where I, where I teach fitness. And more or less, well, people, you know, they're different timelines with those those countries, but they've all got smart people, right. very passionate and keen about movement. And and certainly one thing that I've noticed uh, or learned, not necessarily always the easy way, is that, you know, the Western way is uh, well, is not just the, the way and it's certainly not the only way of looking at movement. So that's, uh, so I wanted to put something together that uh, not necessarily crystallizes, but just embodies, embodies all of it. Now, Ross, what's maybe like the one thing that you've picked up, like, through all of your travels, speaking of movement here, like what's one thing that the, the Westerners are, could adopt uh, or really take into their own practice that you've picked up, that you've learned uh, from all these other travels uh, as far as movement goes? I think, I think the, the, the biggest, probably the, the biggest lesson yeah. is that, um, and this, what, this is what happens, you know, we're in, in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a very proactive fitness industry. Okay. We're a, we're a hub of East versus West. We got you now. I work at a, an American club with uh, sort of people from America, and but I also train people from uh, the UK, you mm -hmm. know, and and European nations as well. So it's a real melting pot, and people go home for their summer holidays, and they'll bring the latest fashion back, and you know that'll create create some sort of noise, and people will investigate it. And uh, not 13 years ago, but for the last three years trainers are now traveling overseas to follow these these fashions previous to that what what trainers that have come in to do courses and and whether they're big famous people or, or think they're famous or or whatever mm -hmm. they often come in and they and they see they see they think that we're just country yokels from hong kong which isn't which is amazing <laughs> but they also so so that they sort of they sort of diss you you know okay in terms of what what you know right. and the way that and and then of course then the chinese or the cantonese and the chinese or if english is your second language most people who are, come to an english course can understand english but they're very very shy or reticent to speak it and okay. in their culture you don't want to question the you don't want to question the the person up in front because it's disrespectful so the the lesson is just because they're not speaking to you or they don't speak English as their first language, doesn't mean that they don't know anything. In fact, they've probably Googled that subject that they're on to death. They know everything about you and what, you, what you've ever said online, and they're very smart people. And when they ask you a question, they probably ask five other experts the same question. So I guess the overall thing is, for me, is it's just not one way of doing things. And... Why, why I'm sort of stressing that is because, you know, in the fitness industry, um, different organizations, institutes or, or people, they sort of polarize themselves with their way of thinking, their brand and, and what they're selling, really. They have sort of their own agendas and then they, they build up a persona or they have charisma and, 
they have followers and followers get all evangelical about things and listen, no, this is the only way <laughs> and uh, creates friction you right. know, in, in the fitness industry and aggression and, and all this. And it's just like, dudes, look, if you, if you look at a circle and I, I quite like circles as a symbol, we have a circle and, and everything in that circle is about movement. We're all in that circle doing movement, helping people. You're just one angle or one little wedge of it, one little pie, one segment. But we're all doing the same thing. To take that to another level, you go to a food court in mm-hmm. any mall in any city in the world, and what are the what is that food court selling? Well, it's selling food, right? <laughs> but they've got different flavors. You might have Indian flavor, Chinese flavor, Korean flavor. You might have uh, McDonald's, Burger King, Pizza Hut, Subway. Right, and that's the same in the fitness industry. People have got all these different brands, and there's so many nowadays. You know, Paul Check, Poliquin, uh, MoveNet, Wild Fitness, Exuberant Animal, uh, TRX, of course, Life Fitness, all of that. They're all doing the same thing, just differently. So, uh, I guess, a long winded way, uh, one of the sayings over here is uh, same, same, but different. Right. I... So, that, that's, that's one thing. I, I open, you, open your minds. Just because you're PhD doesn't mean that you're. You know everything. Well, you know everything open, about open one mind. very small subject, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Paul Chick says, you know, more and more about less and less. But, exactly. Um, but, uh, no, yeah. I, so, but, Ross, that's a great an analogy, mind. though. Yeah, that's oh, wonderful. No, I love the, yeah, the, the way you blended, like, okay, you go to the food court with the movement. Like, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but looking at it, yes, there's, like you said, it's all movement of some sort it's all food of some sort but where does it fall under that and all of them can work all of them can be beneficial to an extent uh but you have to pick and choose i guess like you said what what's best for yourself what really works for you yeah and what what you're interested in and what opportunities come you come come across your way you know what uh, what influence you to get there and and what not but let's just not brand people for for what they are to you know don't you know just just be open mind, open minded, and okay. Well, you know, Pilates is not for me, but it doesn't mean it's not you know it's not a good system at all. It, it is a very good system, and there's a lot of people that do it. Right. You know, a lot of people that do yoga. There's a lot of people that run. You know, there's a lot of people that do weightlifting. A lot of people that um, you know do tai chi in the park, or in Hong Kong and China at least. A lot of people in China do um, uh, ballroom dancing in the park, you know, and right next door to them is people playing basketball. Really? Oh, yeah, totally. Any any park in China at uh, nighttime or even in the morning, that's what's happening. You have huge parks. Yeah. You know, country, just, just country parks, just like any park you'd have in Pennsylvania. So, mm-hmm. But people are using that or every inch of space. Interesting. It's kind of funny to watch, but uh, also amazing. Western world doesn't do it. No, absolutely. Well, and and it's hard for me because I'm not. not so much. I'm not in a park all the time. I mean, I have we have some space around us. Like I have some woods that I can go to. Like take my dogs, take my son. Like when we go on our walks every day. Uh, so I don't see something like that as much. But I I think that would be a beautiful thing to see is just people out in nature, just moving, enjoying it all. Yep. And uh, it's, when you say in nature, you, you, you're going out in the woods in Pennsylvania, oh, 
is nature. <laughs> it's but, a little uh, different, but it's it's what's available probably the yeah. easiest way. Well, that's right. But uh, you know, so in Hong Kong, there's a city of seven million. Seventy mm-hmm. percent of Hong Kong is country park. Seven zero is country park. Okay. Wow. Within the city, which is definitely a built-up place, they have pockets of little, which is you know standard provision. Each every sort of certain uh, block has to have a little park, and mm-hmm. and the same thing in say Shanghai, where there's a city of 21 million. There's certain you know parks, and there's more famous parks than others, and and uh, they're used up. But just about every available space, um, you know, not every single inch but uh that can be used people are doing stuff uh outdoors so very yeah it's it's quite interesting to see so what would your vision for a healthy future for the planet be say in 10 years and 100 years what will that look like to you wow (laughs) interesting uh interesting um well the planet's just gonna get more crowded uh let me uh, answer this a, a little bit. You know, I go to you know, once or twice a year. I go to Shanghai, and once or twice a year I go to Bangkok, and once or twice a year I go to Jakarta. Now, Bangkok's got about twenty million. Mm-hmm. Shanghai's got about twenty million, and Jakarta, I don't know, maybe ten million. Don't don't really know, but it, it's up there, right? Up, right. You know, anything anything above one million. For, Pretty large for, city, yeah. For me, you know, new, I come from New Zealand. You know, our biggest city's got 1.5 million. We got 4.5 million people, so they're big, right? <laughs> but I, I, so I I go to these places and I'm representing either Life Fitness or TRX, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm training the trainers there. So, but I stay in, in nice hotels, and you go to you go to the buffet breakfast. You know, all you can eat, and I look at the food, and I think, you know, I look at that. Bacon, and I think, you know, where in the city where you can only see buildings <laughs> as far as you can, did that food come from? And I, you know, you, you think of some of the uh, Food Inc. and some of these DVDs, you know, uh, Super Size Me and all that. And you think, gosh, where does that food come from? And, you know, how would you make that organic for 20 million people? How could you do that? And uh, the mind, my mind boggles, and sometimes I choose not to eat the bacon. That's how much my mind boggles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a vision for the future for me in hundred years. Well, what what I've been doing for the last sort of well, certainly more for the last two years, I've been looking at permaculture. Now, um, that's being self reliant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily being a hippie. But um, I have delusions of grandeur or, you know, I can make it reality of going and getting about two acres in New Zealand somewhere, reasonably close to a, you know, a city or, or a big town. Right. And growing my own energy through the sunlight, having a hopefully a spring water source mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, rainwater and, and doing all the echo building. And in the permaculture, they have these sort of concentric circle of zones of plants Plants that you'd use every day, plants that are just going to season, be seasonal, mm-hmm. and you plant that. And then I was going to put a a, um, a labyrinth there that people can come and people can come and do some wellness stuff, but basically be self reliant, and then perhaps have a um, some sort of fitness and wellness retreat at my house occasionally, or I'd maybe get a, a job at the polytechnic uh, teaching exercise science. Uh, sort of because you still need income and then half the reason that I'm 
doing these apps and books is to get passive income so I can right. afford that lifestyle where where I'm self-reliant and, and uh, you know, not necessarily 100% off the grid, but, you know, something like that. So I'm, I'm looking at, um, you know, getting into nature a lot more, especially when you live in a, a built-up city mm-hmm. and um, learning, you know, learning. And, I, and I, I see myself researching more, getting to nature courses and wilderness courses and, you know, sort of survival. Not, I'm not talking about Armageddon survival. I'm just talking about uh, just, you know, learning learning the lessons of being out in, in nature. That, yeah. So that's sort of my uh, – uh, well, it's not a, a sort of a um, – I don't want to necessarily be a sage – and say that's the vision, but uh, that's that's what I, you know. That's what I would like to think that my money and experience is is going towards. I, I think Eventually. that sounds awesome. But I've never grown anything in my life, so it, uh, it's going to be a huge learning curve. That's for sure. And that's that's what it's about, though. I mean, you get to get those experiences, you get to learn, and you're going to see what works, what doesn't, and you can make changes as you go. Yeah, that's right. So. Not necessarily out of a textbook, um, although you know I like textbooks for for some structure. But sometimes, you know, you can't uh, structure everything, and sometimes structuring gets just a bit, ugh, you know, pedantic <laughs> and just just like oh, another system to learn, you know. Right. Well, Ross, so, coming up on the end of the show here, so a couple final questions that I ask everybody who comes on the show, and one of the first ones is, who would you want to hear on this podcast? And what would you want to ask them or hear them talk about? Wow. Probably the person I'd ask is probably dead. Um, so a living a living person. I'm, I'm just curious. Oh, who, who would that have been? Gee, my mind's gone blank because I ask that question of my clients every now and again. Okay. Well, you know, Plato would be, would be an interesting character. Okay. To, Plato would be an interesting character to, uh, to listen to. Possibly Confucius. Now, so I talk to the Chinese people and, uh, you know, I sort of do a couple of uh, Lao Tzu quotes and, and mm-hmm. they say, you know what, you know, Ross, you know, you put this Lao Tzu guy, no, hardly anyone knows who, who he is. But really? if you use Confucius, people, people know him, you know. Okay. So that's, that's kind of that's funny and interesting. Absolutely. Um, How about Alive Today? Who would you, who would you want to hear? Uh, alive, alive Today? Yeah. I'll tell you who's an interesting character. Uh, who I'm sure would uh, would go on your blog is a guy called Frank Foranchich. Uh, yeah, ex- I, I read his book. Uh, and Tabernacle. Well, his his book Play as you as your life depends on it. I read that oh, I don't know about six or seven years ago. Okay. And to me, that's the most inspirational book uh, I've ever read, and it sort of takes away the competitiveness, and which I'm a highly competitive person, mm-hmm. away from. From movement, you know, this exuberance, you know, play. Yeah. Instead of for me, it's well, I'm training to win the world championship. You know, it's like, oh, why did you actually do movement in the first place? Oh, because mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was, it was fun. I was playing in the bush in the backyard in New Zealand, or <laughs> you know, backyard cricket. You know, and then it evolved in well, because you're so good, you know, go into the stream of competitive sports, right. and then so. Frank Foranchich, I think, would be, uh, you know, definitely a person to go on there. And what would you, you know, ask him, would, or what would you want to hear him talk about then? I would get him to talk about um, just the differences between a city life and, uh, you know, a country life. You know, he's an expert in, in all this paleo, real paleo, 
you know, he's got degrees in it and he's been to Botswana and studied the, the, the Kalahari Bushman and, mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff. And he already gives lectures on it. I was just been looking at, uh, he'd invited me to as um, one of his trainer courses in at the end of June. I'm going to idea to present uh, for TRX okay. in July and I'm sort of looking for different things to go to and, and this one popped up, but it's like, oh, it's a, I'd have to take a three weeks out. So I was sort of umming and ahhing. I was just looking on it <laughs> on his site before before this call. That's how, that's how sort of tempted I am. But uh, yeah, just to talk about his, you know his point of view, I think you don't need to ask him too many too many questions for a guy like that. When, I think when, he'll just uh, kind of go and just let him go. Yeah. Everybody has to say. Yeah, you just you know say Frank. What so what what are you thinking about right now? <laughs> I like it. And uh, you know when you meet people like that, they can you know they just say, well, how long have you got? You know. <laughs> So uh, yeah, sometimes people don't need, you know, necessarily need an agenda. But um, right. yeah, so I think um, Frank Forenchich, I think he's certainly uh, a guy that's looking into nature and movement and non-competitive movement and building tribe, not building a brand, you know. Great. Building a community, not building a network, you know, he sort of talks of things like this. Now, Russ, last question that I ask everybody is, what is the one non-negotiable health habit you have that you never compromise on. But before you Sleep. answer that, before you answer Oops. that, everybody has to go over show notes, Bare Naked Health Podcast, check that out so that they can find out more about you. So where can our listeners find more about you? Where should they go to check out all of your work? Oh, Rossethorne.com. R-O-S-S-E-A-T-H-O-R-N-E.com. Uh, I'm just building uh, a series of blogs and we're... Um, then we're releasing our apps. We've got a, a few apps. To, well, I've got about six apps that we're coming out in the next six months. All of them, well, no, it's so half of them on body weight exercises, and then we're moving into the gym, just like a natural progression. Right. And uh, but uh, that's probably the best place to to see it. Or Ross Ethorn, health, fitness, and performance coach on Facebook. Perfect. You can like me, and that would be that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and I will put all those links over in the show notes for everybody to go check out. Uh, like I said, I, I downloaded cool. uh, Vitruvian Chi. I've been using that uh, and loving it too. So everybody, make sure check out these things. He's, Russ is putting out some awesome stuff here. So Russ, thank you again uh, so much for coming on the show. This has been a blast getting to talk uh, a lot about the movement side of things. So thank you again and have a great day. Uh, thank you very much, Nick. It's a, yeah, it's a pleasure. It's, it's wonderful to share my passion on your, uh, on your podcast. Sleep, by the way, non-negotiable. So that's yeah. Let's let's jump right into this. So, one non-negotiable health habit that you have that you never compromise on that would be sleep. Yeah, it's hundred percent. It's the most vital nutrient of health. If I'm tired, yeah, I'll sleep. I'll have a nap for two hours. Start off meditating, and then it will turn into a nap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sleep N- number one important. And that aspect. seems to be a growing one. Uh, yeah, besides more breathing and, more. and water and stuff like that, sleep. Very good. Now, what is what does sleep look like mm. for you? Is there a set time period that you usually like to that's get per so night? Well, I, you know, I'd like to think that I'm in bed by ten and up by six, but that's not true. Um, I, I'm I usually get up about six of my first clients at seven. Mm-hmm. I'll go to bed you know, half past nine or eleven o'clock, maybe a bit later on a Friday and a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I've got three kids, and you know, almost at least one of them is going to come into the bed at some stage during the night. <laughs> uh, and wake you up a little bit but uh, mind you we've got seven seven nine and eleven now so that's not so bad now right but for those uh those early years they do wake you up 
But um, you know, if if I'm tired, I'll and I'll have a nap. But I'm certainly pretty grumpy if I don't get my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, everybody. Make sure going out there, getting your sleep, taking a nap if you need it. But hey, that's a that's a vital nutrient. I must agree with you on that one, Russ. Yeah. So excellent. Thank you for coming on the show again. Uh, this has been a blast. Yeah, great. Thanks, Nick. Everybody is listening. Go and enjoy. Excellent. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get your top 10 world-class nutrition tips from the experts to help you simplify your health journey. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Also, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and a five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others. Thank you.